Praise the Lord. Let the church say amen. amen. You're turning with me this morning to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah this morning. Isaiah 55. You can take your iPad or your iPhone, whatever electronic device you have, and look it up. If you don't have uh, that with you this morning, there is a pew Bible in front of you. And you can pull it out and turn to page 615, and you will be where we will be this morning. It is a joy to be with you all today and share the Word of God. It's always a joy for me to be in God's house. I'll just be honest with you all. Since I've been saved in 1983, it's been a joy for me to be in God's house. And it's, it's a joy uh, to be here with my family today and, and Jeff and Becky, uh, the grandparents on Cassie's side, uh, to see two of our grandchildren baptized. And we believe in raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I uh, appreciate Marshall uh, I should say Pastor Marshall. I've called him Marshall a lot longer than I've called him Pastor Marshall. Uh, his introduction, God has helped me to pastor FIMC, and he has also opened the door for me to be the president of name. But let me tell you something. I love the song we just sang. I am today who he says I am. Amen. Those titles, those things, listen, I'm who he says I am. And I want to encourage you today. He has a plan for your life, but you have to seek that out. Now, the word of search today, as I was praying about this, I thought about seek. I thought about seek, and I want to share four things quickly with you this morning from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. As we begin to read verse 1, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Father, today, thank you for our time together here this morning. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for the baptism of those young boys. Thank you today for each person that's here this morning. I pray that you would open our hearts right now. Open our eyes right now. Open our ears. Give us an anointing. And speak to us today what you would have us to hear. Not necessarily what we want to hear or what we're thinking about. But Lord, make our thoughts your thoughts today. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. The first thing I want you to think about today when we think about seek is search the Scripture. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write that down. Search the Scripture. The Bible says in verse 1, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. The first thing I'd like to challenge you with today as we enter 2019 is to begin to search the Scripture. To search the Word of God. It's your choice whether you do that or not. Are you really thirsty? When I think about that, I think about when Jesus was at the, at the well as we fast forward to the New Testament. I always like uh, to connect the Old Testament and the New Testament together. And we find the woman at the well, and, and there she was, and she was thirsty for the water of this world. And that's the reason she was there. She was there in the middle of the day. It was hot. And she came because she was undoubtedly in need of water. 
The question is today, have we realized our need for Christ? Have we realized our need to know the Word of God? And I'm not only talking about a knowledge of God's Word. Uh, I can speak to your intellect today, but I can't speak to your heart. And see, the unique thing about the Holy Spirit, as you begin to seek, as you begin to seek the Word of God and search the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to your heart. But you know what? It's your choice. We can place water here today, but you'll only drink it if you choose to drink it. And you only know as much of the Word of God today as you desire to know. And you need more of the Word of God than just the readings on Sunday. They should back up what you've already read. They should back up and give clarity to your seeking already. You should be raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But the question today simply is this. Uh, you know, are we thirsty for God? You know, it's, it's free. Isaiah makes it real clear here that this is something that's free. And, and I, I challenge you today to begin to search the Word of God. At FIMC, we put a challenge out to read the one-year Bible together. That's so neat how they've taken that. And you read one place in the old, one place in the new, a psalm and a proverb. And at the end of the year, you've read through the whole Bible. I've always said it would be really bad to stand before Jesus and have never been a part of leading somebody to Christ and never read the whole counsel of God's Word. Now, if you get saved late in your life, that might be a difficult thing. If you're the thief on the cross, it's impossible. But for somebody that's been saved for a while, I don't really understand why we're not thirsty. The greatest love letter that's ever been written has been written to you and I, and we sometimes don't desire to read it. Amen? If you received a letter from somebody that you love, I remember seeing a letter that my dad, when he was in World War II, wrote to my grandmother. She still had it. He was in France. She had not heard from him. They didn't have the technology that we have now. She had not heard from him. And I can imagine when she got that letter out of the mailbox, she didn't mess around opening it. How many of y'all believe she read the whole letter, not just some of it? Now think about that. And yet Jesus has come into the world, clothed Himself in flesh. The Word became flesh. And He has given us the counsel. We're the generation, folks, that has all the counsel of God's Word. There have been many generations throughout the biblical times that didn't have all of God's Word. uh, As Joshua uh, entered the Promised Land, they had the first five books of the Bible. And yet we have the whole council. So how thirsty are you today? And so I want you to take that challenge and maybe in your own reading or maybe you want to study a book for the whole year. We're doing that at FIMC to try to get people into the Word, not just for knowledge. But see, the fact is when you get into God's Word, you'll begin to realize it quenches that thirst inside you. And as you begin to get in the Word of God, the second thing I want you to think about is not only as we seek the Lord to search the Scripture, but secondly, write this down, eat the Word of God. Eat the Word. Now you say, now brother, I don't know. That sounds kind of weird to me. Well, let's look at the next few verses, verse 2 through 5. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? 
Guys, we spend so much of our time and so much money seeking things of this world, and it only leaves us empty, right? Amen? Why pay for food that does not uh, do you no good? Listen to me. You will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Now that sounds like somewhere I want to go, amen? Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find what? Life. Life, folks. You know, we're looking for life in all the wrong places. We think we're going to find life if we can succeed in this. We think we're going to find life if we can succeed in this. Whatever you're trying to succeed in, I'm going to tell you, when you accomplish that, if it's without Jesus, it's still going to leave you lifeless. Without form and void. It's interesting the world was, and the whole universe was without form and void until what? God began to speak His Word. His Word in your life will change. It's the finest food there is. He says, come with your ears wide open. It's interesting that Jesus quotes Isaiah and said, you closed your ears and your eyes to my message. And that's the reason they ended up in Babylon in captivity. I don't want to give you a history lesson this morning, but let me say this to you very sternly. If you don't seek the Scripture and eat the Word of God and consume it and digest it, you're going to find yourself in some form of bondage. You're going to find yourself... And it may be just in simply a bondage of seeking your own self and your own will. I'm so glad I'm free from myself today. Amen. You know, I'm glad I'm free from sin, but I'm glad I'm free from myself. I don't have to serve myself. I don't have to listen to myself. Somebody say amen. Now, y'all know we talk to ourselves. That's a joke that goes around, and you may want to throw it off. Well, I wonder if that was the Lord. I wonder if that was the devil. But you know, sometimes it's us talking to our own self. And we put our own self down more than anybody else does. We beat our own self up more than anybody else does. That's how people get in depression. See, sin turns us inward. And if you don't watch out, you'll be your own cheerleader to turn yourself inward and become depressed. The Lord don't want you that way. He wants you to be outward, other-oriented. That's how He created us. That's what you've been created for. And as you read the Scripture, God will give you a greater revelation of himself Isaiah knew that didn't he we're not very far in the book of Isaiah before he sees the Lord high and lifted up well it changed everything for him didn't it all of a sudden he saw the Lord and he saw himself this is a preacher right been preaching for five chapters he said Lord I need some more work how many of y'all say that today amen I need a little bit more work in my life how many of y'all would say that would you say amen Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he goes on and he says this. Listen, you will find life. Some of y'all need to mark that. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. The unfailing love, folks, is a pursuing love. That's a love of God that pursues you when you're not pursuing Him. He's looking for you when you're not looking for Him. He keeps coming back when you push Him away. It's a chesed love. 
It's a love that, that, that is unconditional. He doesn't say to us today, I love you because he just says, I love you. No condition today. So you think, well, you know, I don't know, man. I've done all this stuff. I've got all this going on in my life. And you're just beating yourself up. Listen, Jesus loves you today. He came into this world and clothed himself in flesh. He came through the birth canal like every one of us. And clothed himself in flesh to reveal his love to you and I. To walk on this earth that he created. To be rejected by those he created. And yet he still loved and went to a cross. That's unfailing love that he promised to King David. David writes about it many, many times. Verse 4, see how I used him to display my power among the people. Do you know God wants to use you? As you eat the Word and you seek the Lord and you digest the Word, He wants to use you. He'll reveal that to you. My goodness, I never thought. I never sat in church and thought. I never dreamed. When I was y'all's age, I never even thought about being a pastor. It didn't come into my mind. Even after I got saved, it didn't enter my mind. I can remember sitting on the right side of the church as my pastor preached and God began to speak into my ear. I'm calling you to preach. I thought, hey, I hear the Lord talking to this guy next to me. This is pretty cool. He can't be talking to me. I know where I came from. I know the life I've lived. I know the scars on my soul. But yet he called me. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. You're here for a purpose. You're created with a purpose and don't let yourself tell you anything else. You're valuable. You say, how do you know I'm valuable? What God? What God? As we know, there are no other gods, but what gods are recorded in the pages of history that's ever went to this extreme? Born to die. Born with a purpose. And you don't ever forget you're born with a purpose and it's to to display the power of God. Not who you are, but who He is. You say, well, I'm not much. Yes, you are. You are who He says you are. Not who your neighbor says you are. Not who the kids at school say you are. Not who the people at work say you are. Not even who you say you are sometimes, because we kind of get messed up with that, don't we? Start arguing with ourselves. <laughs> we thinking, well, I'm really bad. I'm really bad. I ain't no good. I ain't no good. Let me tell you something. You're so valuable to God, He clothed Himself in flesh. And He wants to use you. But listen, you need to know the Word. You need to consume the Word. You know why we eat? Two reasons I think about when I think about why I eat. Number one, I'm hungry. Amen. Y'all have been hungry, anything tastes good. Y'all know that's a proverb? That's a proverb, check it out. You begin to digest the Word of God, God will bring stuff up all the time. I've ate at places, I said, that's the best food I ever had. And I went back and ate there again, I said, what happened to this place? They must have fired the cook. 
But the thing was, I was so hungry. And that's a proverb. There's another reason we eat. It's our favorite food. You can be full. And they can bring out that dessert. And that's your favorite dessert. You say, I'm so full I can't eat it. Oh, what now? Amen. I have just a small piece. Not that small. Amen. <laughs> Listen to me now. Is this your favorite book? I challenge you today to become a student of the Bible. You say, I don't understand everything I read. I don't either. But God continues to connect the dots for me. You understand when I got saved, I couldn't read well. I still don't read the best, but I don't use that as an excuse. I read, skip over the words I can't pronounce. Amen. Some of those king's names, I'm going to get to heaven and they're going to say, man, you butchered my name. I said, well, you got to forgive me. Amen. We Christian. Amen. <laughs> Listen to me. If you'll begin to study the word of God every day of your life, God will help you to digest his word in your life. And you'll be surprised what's going to happen. Now, here's the key thing. You make this your favorite book. The Bible is called two things, milk and meat, right? Milk and meat. That's the reason he said, come eat. Come eat. It's free. It's milk for those who've just been saved. And it's meat for those who are mature. And growing. And I love those days when the Lord throws us out a piece of meat and you just chew on it all day. Maybe the next day. Maybe the next day. That's the way God works. Thirdly, I want you to get this now. Encourage, don't discourage. When we're thinking about seeking, we search the Scripture, we eat the Word, and then we encourage, we don't discourage. Listen to what he says in verse 6. Seek the Lord while you can find Him. Folks, understand something. There's going to be a time when you're not going to be able to find the Lord. Now, in Noah's day, they were still alive and it was too late. See, Noah didn't shut the door, God did, right? And when he shut that door, it was too late. You say, well, that was in his day. What about Revelation? Revelation says very clearly... When Jesus is writing, or Jesus is saying this to the seven churches, and John writes it down, he says, there is a door open that no man can shut. And one day it will be shut, and no man will open. That's the door of Jesus Christ. And so Isaiah says very clearly here that we need to seek Him while He may be found. Can I tell you today He can be found? He's not trying to hide from you. He's not trying to make it hard. We make it hard. When we don't give Him time, you know what you know today? What you've sought to know. See, what you know today is what you've sought to know. You know, we got a lot of grandkids, amen? If I have any problem with technology, I say, how do you do this right here? And then they just jump on it. How you kids know how to do that? Do you know they wasn't born knowing that? This is how they know how to do it. Get off that phone. Get off that iPad. Okay, Papa, in just a minute, I'm almost through with the game. 30 minutes later. We ain't got to a stopping point. Let me tell you something. They know it because they've been in it. They know it because they've been in it. Now, I want to hurry on to tell you this. We got to encourage, not discourage. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thoughts of, of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that they may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Why don't we discourage each other? Why don't we encourage each other to be saved? Why don't we encourage each other to get out of sin? It's like we're almost scared we're going to offend somebody. John 6, Jesus turned to the multitude and said, Does this offend you? He wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. He knew it offended them. That was a very text where he told them, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part in me. And they couldn't understand it, and they got offended. Some people are going to be offended. Some people are going to be blessed. Some people are going to be convicted. But that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to encourage people, not discourage them. Your responsibility is to say, man, you need to seek the Lord for forgiveness, and you're not trying to bring condemnation on them. Even your enemy, your worst enemy, the best thing that could happen to them is that they become saved. They wouldn't be your enemy anymore. They'd be your brother or sister. It's almost like we don't want some people to be saved. I remember a couple of guys like that. You remember them? Jesus nicknamed him. Sometimes having a nickname from Jesus is pretty good. Sometimes it's not. You remember the two? The Lord called them the sons of thunder. I'm afraid he's probably called me that before too. And that's not a good thing. Who were they? James and John. Remember, quick-tempered. Lord, these Samaritans are not receiving us. Let's call fire down from heaven and burn them up like Elijah did. The Lord said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. You don't know what spirit you're of. Sometimes we'd rather see our neighbor burn up than save. Sometimes we speak of our enemy as though we were, that we wish they were not. And we need to be encouraging them to be saved. You know the greatest thing you could do is go to work and encourage the person that's on you all the time? My grandmother used to say this, and I'll go on and I'll move on. My grandmother used to teach me, and she'd say, the best thing you can do, son, to those enemies that you have is catch them a mess of fish and bless them. I didn't never tell my grandma this, but I thought to myself, they ain't getting no fish I catch. Amen. But I learned what she meant. Because then she gave me that scripture that says, if you do that, you heap coals of fire on their head. I said, all right, Lord, that's good news. I'm going to give them some so you can burn them up. See, there I was, the sons of thunder again. Amen? Who do we want sitting in this church? Drunkards. Drug addicts. Prostitutes. You ready for this one? Homosexuals. Adulterers. That's who Jesus went to. They didn't like it either. Now, can they join the church? No, but they can come into the church. But as soon as they accept Jesus Christ, they can join the church. Because notice what he said. Encourage them to do what? Change. And folks, that's not, we're not hearing a lot about that this day and time. We hear, come into the church and Jesus will take you as you are and you can stay as you are. And that's a lie. 
Repentance is the strongest word in the Bible. I always repeat, preach repentance because it means a turning away from sin and a turning to God. And we need to encourage each other to do that. Why? Because John the Baptist began his preaching and preached what? Repentance. And Jesus in Matthew 4, 4 began his ministry and preached what? Repentance. And on the day of Pentecost, the people stopped pre- Peter from preaching and said, What must we do to be saved? And he said, What? Repent. And throughout the writings of Paul, we find the words of what? Repent. There is no salvation without repentance. None at all. And I encourage you today to turn from those things in your life that are not pleasing to God to the Lord. Now, he goes on, he says this. He says, uh, yes, turn to God and He will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. See, our thought is to discourage somebody. Somebody talking about us, we want to talk about them. Somebody putting us down, we want to put them down. But I want to challenge you in 2019 to encourage, not discourage. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But that doesn't mean you can't have the thoughts of God. If you search the Scripture and eat the Word, you're going to have the thoughts of God. And when you have the thoughts of God, you're going to be able to encourage others. The woman at the well had been married five times and was now living with a man. And Jesus sat there waiting on her. I love it. I love it. He sat there waiting on her and wouldn't move. Jesus will put himself in your path. Jesus will put himself in your path and give you the opportunity to get his thoughts. Write this scripture down, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to move to uh, verse 2. First part says, present yourself a living sacrifice to Him. But see, the second verse says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Our children learn from us to discourage instead of encourage. The children of Israel left Egypt and they got out in the wilderness and they began to discourage one another. How different would it have been if they'd have got out there and said, Man, this manna is the best thing I ever ate in my life. I'm glad we're not getting beat back in Egypt anymore. Those onions didn't taste that well anyway. But you remember what they said? They got discouraged and said, We remember the onions we ate. Do you remember getting beat? Do you remember your children being taken from you? The devil has a unique way of changing how sin looks to try to get us to go back in it. So I challenge you today to seek, to encourage, not discourage. Don't grumble and complain. Don't be that person. I'm glad God paired me up with a great godly woman who always encourages me. It's a challenge. Lastly, this morning, as we close, keep the faith. Keep the faith. When you think about seek, you think about search the Scripture, eat the Word, encourage, don't discourage, but then keep the faith. Listen to what he says. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. We all know that, right? They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same way with my Word. Can I read that again? It's the same way with my Word. You know what? If you don't sow the Word in your heart, there's going to be nothing there. 
He said, it's the same way with my word. I send it out and it always, anybody's Bible say sometimes, it always what? Produces fruit. God's given you all this building. I didn't see that coming. It's neat when God does something you don't see coming. Makes me think about that verse. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think. I never even thought about that. I've been praying for y'all land riding all over Madison. Get out there in that farmland. I'm like, God, move on some farmer to give them some land. And God's like, you're just not listening to me. I mean, I, I missed it. This come out of nowhere. And God has blessed y'all with this building. But you know what? He didn't give it to you for you. He gave it to you for the person sitting next to you and the empty chair beside you. Now think about that. We're not here for ourselves. You know, every gift God gives you is not for yourself. You're not going to find me in my house preaching to myself. And if you do, go ahead and commit me. Amen? I've come close a few times on that. Amen? People ask Cindy all the time, does Brother Howe need some help? She tells him, yeah, but we just don't have the money. But listen, uh, here's the key. I want you to think about that this morning. God's given you this building for somebody that might start sitting here in 2019. That might need an encouraging word. That might need to eat the word of God. That might need to search the scripture. That might need you to come up and just shake their hand. Or put an arm around them and welcome them. They're out there. 87% of people come to church. I'm going to say it again. 87% of people come to church because of a personal invitation. Now I believe in using internet. I believe in using every means we can. But here's the key thing. People come to church because somebody invited them. And God's given you this building to use. Who in here would answer? Listen to me. Who in here would answer the call to start a small group? Man, small groups are big. Jesus started them, didn't he? That's pretty cool. Who in here would start a band group? A band of three, four people meeting together. See, that's how we keep the faith. We're cheerleaders. That's how we encourage one another to keep the faith. There's not anybody that doesn't get discouraged. Do you realize two key people in the Bible got discouraged? Moses and Elijah to the point of death. Moses got so discouraged, he said, God, I can't do this more, just kill me. Do you understand that's a pretty tough place to be in? And ministry is hard sometimes. But if you keep seeking the Lord, he kept seeking the Lord and God got him through it. Elijah got so discouraged, he said, I'm no better than my father's, just let me die. That's depression. That's two great men of God. But let me ask you on the Mount of Transfiguration, we fast forward to the New Testament. Who showed up? Who showed up? Moses and Elijah, why are they there? They're to encourage the Lord concerning His coming crucifixion. 
That always blows me away. I'm thinking, Lord, how in the world can you use me? Oh, yeah, Moses and Elijah. Okay, thank you. Amen. And I could give you a long list of people who came discouraged. And God encouraged them. Sometimes you become discouraged yourself and you want to quit. There's somebody in the Bible that encouraged himself. You remember who it was? King David. The Bible says that King David encouraged himself. Sometimes I had to give myself a pep rally. That's all right. Because, folks, I'm not giving up. I'm not shutting up. I'm going on. I've been hit, but I get up. Though the righteous fall seven times, they get up. I got a few more on my side, but I just keep getting up. Amen. I want to encourage you today to keep the faith. I want to encourage you today to search for what God wants to do with you in this building He's giving you. You can't look to the pastor to do it all. He's only called to do what He's supposed to do. You're not going to get to heaven one day and you stand before a holy God and give an account for the pastor. See, here's the thing. You need to do what God's calling you to do. You say, I don't know what it is. I'm going to give it to you as a close. You say, Brother Hal, you a prophet? I am. I'm going to prophesy you what's already in the Word. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and following. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All right? That's the first qualifications. You got to be saved. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. And he goes on to say, you have been given the ministry. You have been given a ministry. Soon as you're saved, you're given a ministry. I mean, right away. You don't even have to pray for it. It's already there. Now, the Lord's going to expand that because I didn't know he's going to call me to preach. But as soon as I got saved, I had a ministry, and that was to reconcile the world to Jesus. It's right there in that verse. How are you doing on that ministry? You say, I'm shy. So was Timothy. How are you doing? Now, let me say this to you. Nobody gets saved by themselves. When I think about my salvation, I was saved on an August night in 1983, and nobody was there, but there were a lot of people there. I could hear the words of my grandma. I could hear the words of pastors. I could hear the words of, of Sunday school teachers. I could hear the words of family members. You must be born again, and I got saved. So you may not ever just kneel with somebody and lead them to Jesus but if you witness to somebody at work and they go to a church or come to this church and get saved, you're a part of what happened in their life. I want to be a part. I don't care if it's a little part. I just want to be a part. Amen? I just want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Do you want to be a part of what He's doing? In 2019, He's on the move. We sang about it. But you know what? It's reality. You're sitting in a building that God gave you now what are you going to do? Do what He called you to do. Seek the Lord. Search the Scripture. Eat the Word. Encourage and don't discourage. 
And folks, keep the faith. I'm going to leave you with a statement of Jesus. He said, when the Son of Man returns, and folks, we're not only celebrating when He came, we're celebrating Him coming. I can't wait. Lord, we're going to have to set me down. Now I'm going to preach on that. Jesus said this. He said, shall the Son of Man find faith? Folks, keep the faith. Jesus, right now, I pray that you would challenge people to search, to seek, to seek. Help us, Lord, in your name. Amen.